Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So I've been getting a lot of inquiries lately about decorating, which many of you may think is odd, but in fact, I I do a lot of decorating and I I really do enjoy that aspect of it because if I simply did the building, then who would do the finishing? So the projects I get involved with always end in decorating. And, And obviously I do projects that are just simply decorating. So I wanted to touch on a couple of issues and questions that I've been getting about just sort of general sort of design mistakes people are making when they're doing their own homes. And I often get this, I'll go to someone's house for the first time and they apologize immediately for their home, for who knows what, for the lack of furniture or for the state of mess or for everything in between. And I always tell people, and this is the God's honest truth, It's amazing what I don't notice. You know, simply if I'm there to look at the living room and I walk through two other rooms to get there, I don't really pay much attention to those rooms. I might, you know, take in the the general style or color, but I don't notice if there's a pile of dirty clothes at the bottom of the steps and the homeowners rushing to get it out of the way saying, oh, my teenage son must have left this here. You know, these are things that I personally, I can't speak for all designers, but I personally don't notice. It doesn't impact why I'm there or what I'm going to be doing. Now, I will say if someone's house was a complete pigsty, I would wonder if they had remembered I was coming. But for the most part, I I am there for a specific purpose and sort of have tunnel vision on. So that being said, once I'm in the space that we are going to be discussing, and often it's two or three rooms, typically on the main floor, so what I call public spaces, meaning people other than family members are likely to see, and therefore you want them designed to a level that reflects your style and personality. And so some of the, I hate to use even the word mistakes, but some of the things that I see that people could improve upon, and maybe I'll look at it that way, because truthfully, I hate the word mistakes because it means that someone just missed the mark entirely. And almost implies that there's some sort of fault involved. And truly, I don't believe that's the case. So let's say there are some things that people could improve upon. And there are sort of three categories that I typically find when I go to someone's home. And the first is windows and window treatments. Now, I know there is a hot debate right now over to curtain or not to curtain. Personally, don't hate me. I love curtains. I think they bring so much warmth and personality to a room. And quite frankly, I will go toe-to-toe with anyone in an argument over whether they 
take away from a window because in my opinion, it actually draws your eye to a window and therefore beyond and outside. And I tell you every single time, it's typically the husband that says, no, 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 I can't cover the window. And I say, stick with me. Trust me on this one. We hang them. They stand back and they go, I actually notice the windows more now that I'm in the room. Yes, because you've drawn your eye over to them. Okay, so that's a little bit of a diversion. So what I typically see and what is easily improved upon is that people's curtains are undersized, both in height and in width and even in fullness. And those are three very different things in my world. So height, okay, that's obvious. So what I see most people do is they put their curtain rod at the top of the window. Okay, that's a little squatty. So if your typical home has eight foot ceilings, if you have a crown molding, it might be anywhere between say three or five inches. Okay, so you might have like eight inches or so between the bottom of the crown and the top of your window frame. Take that space. Please use that space. Usually what I do is go a little bit below the center line. So a hint closer to the top of the window, but take that space. The whole point of curtains is to elongate the walls, especially if you have eight foot ceilings, right? You want that feeling that they're taller than they are. So if you hang your curtains right on the window trim, then that's where your eye stops. If you mount your curtain pole above it, not all the way to the crown, don't don't cram the crown, right? There's a new term, cram the crown, but basically equidistant or just a smidge below equal, that carries your eye up and it breaks up that line. Typically your trim and your walls aren't painted the same color. So you often have this kind of horizontal strip of color above a window. Break that up with a curtain pole or a valance, or however you're going to style the window itself, but don't pull them down onto the window themselves, okay? And then I always go to the floor. I can think of maybe two times in 27 years that I have made curtains to the sill, the window sill, where the window closes, that's called the sill. And both times it was because there was an obstruction below and it had nothing to do with style. Always take your curtains to the floor because, again, that elongates your wall space and it just gives that that feel and, and flavor that curtains are meant to do. So, okay, so that's the height of the curtains. The second is the width. So the purpose of curtains back in the day when we didn't have heating systems in our homes, the curtains were to keep the drafts out right? They were heavy curtains. And so the only thing you need to cover is the window frame itself, the the actual decorative trim, and the piece of the wood trim before you get to the glass. That's it. Everything else should be left open. You don't want to cover the glass. Why? Because you want to look out. That's the whole point. You want to look out. So then what do you do? Gosh, that's a tiny little space. That may be, I don't know, six, seven inches. Okay, you go out onto the wall space. I almost always extend my curtains anywhere between four and six inches, sometimes a little more depending on the space. But let's say four to six is a safe bet outside of your windows. And I know everyone's going, oh my God, that's weird. What? What what did she just say? Okay, 
So first of all, what are you going to be covering? Drywall? Maybe some plaster? Maybe some painted surface? No big deal. But what it does is it gives your window that fullness to it because it will appear that your window is that much wider, right? It gives, again, that illusion, not only in height because of your long curtains and you're going to put the pole above the window, but also in width. I swear, try these tricks. You will be so pleased with them. Now, in order to get this width just right, you need fuller curtains. And by fuller, I mean the actual widths. So if you're buying pre-made curtains, they sell them in widths. And what that means, it's the width of the fabric. So one width is obviously the width of the fabric bolt. And that's what typically is sold. Why? Because it's cheaper. It's cheaper to make. It's cheaper to buy them that way. I'm going to tell you that a width of fabric is almost always too narrow. It just looks too skinny. We typically end up doing a width and a half of fabric. So what that means, it's a width of the fabric and then they split it and it's a half again. So there's actually three widths on one whole window. Now, I know that might be blowing your mind, but I will say I have noticed in some of these mainstream companies that they're starting to offer width and a half. So trust me, if they offer it, I would suggest you getting the width and a half. They will absolutely work. They actually might close. Often our windows are narrow enough that a width and a half will actually close. Whether you intend to close them or not, that makes them operable, it's called. So the width of your window treatments, the height of your window treatments and the fullness of your window treatments is really critical to get right. So if you want that designer look that you see in magazines, on TV, those are the three tricks that we use every single time, okay? Go above the window frame, go beyond the window frame in width, and go with a width and a half of fabric for per panel. I promise you will love the look that this creates. Okay, so that's probably the first thing I see in most homes is wimpy curtains. The second I see, and I have mentioned this before, is bare naked walls. It absolutely leaves a room wanting, no matter what. Now, you may have beautiful architecture. You may have beautiful views out the windows. You may have gorgeous furniture, but naked walls leaves the room wanting more. It just looks unfinished. Now, if you've been listening before, this does not mean you need to go out and buy a Monet. This does not mean you can only hang Picassos. This is any kind of art that makes you feel good. You always buy what you love. No judgment. If you love it, it's your home. That's what you should buy and that's what you should hang. So please don't get caught up in needing special things. This could be good-looking posters. This could be some originals. This could be oils, watercolor, pen and ink. This could be tapestries. This could be sculptures. Anything that you enjoy, anything that you like to look at, that's what your walls should be hung with. And I promise it will feel so different in your room if you get rid of your naked walls. That I truly promise and really worth trying. And don't be afraid to move things around. I will often help a client hang art 
And then six months later, we kind of look at it and we go, you know what? I love that piece so much. We want to see it more. So instead of the living room, we're going to move it into the family room. Now, we may or may not have a small hole to contend with, but more often than not, we can find another piece of art that covers that original spot. So don't be afraid to move your art around if after you've hung it, um, this one client, she goes, I miss seeing it. Well, okay, then we'll move it to a place where she sees it every day. Or if you look at it and you do see it every day and you're like, eh, kind of tired of looking at it move it into a space where you don't see it every day. Do not be afraid to shuffle some things around in your home. And I don't mean every day. I mean, just periodically. If something's bothering you, then then you fix it. It's truly that simple. And it brings such a warmth to a room and personality and brings in your style even further that I see zero downside in art. And now with the internet, it is insane what you can get. You can get so many originals for a fraction of the price of, say, your traditional galleries. And I'm not trying to say don't go into galleries, but if price point is really important, please go online, look look on Etsy. It's amazing how many beautiful pieces of art are available for an incredibly low price point. So you have no excuses but to now go out and buy some art. And then the last piece that I see, probably maybe the second most frequent next to the windows. So if people have curtains up, they're typically too wimpy. The other piece is that the furniture is all the same level. And let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say your living room has a one seating area, and that's made up of a sofa, a love seat, and two chairs. Okay, that's a pretty typical, and then it's got your side tables and coffee tables and a couple of chests of drawers up against a wall, right? Pretty typical, pretty standard setup for an average size living room. The problem is what I see is that all of the furniture is the same height. So now if you were trying to create, let's say an art deco aesthetic or a modern aesthetic, that is actually an important component to it, to have this kind of sleek one level of furnishings. But most of the time people just do it because they do it. I I can assure you there's no thought involved. They just buy furniture, plop it in the room, The only thing they're concerned about is if it's comfortable. So what I want you to do is be aware you need a little rhythm in a space to have it interesting, right? If everything is all one level, it's basically static. Now, again, if you're going for Art Deco or modern, that is what you're trying to achieve. But I would venture to say most people listening to me right now are not trying to achieve that look. They're trying to achieve probably more of a transitional to traditional look. That's where you need the rhythm. So what do I mean by that? How do you get that? Well, if your sofa is one height, look for chairs that have a taller back to them, or you want the chest of drawers that's up against the wall to be taller. Now, if replacing your furniture isn't in the budget right now, then look for accessories. Get taller lamps on that chest of drawers up against the wall. All of a sudden your eye goes up because the table lamps are there. Or say in the seating area, put some lamps on the end tables next to the sofa. Again, it gives it a little rhythm. It gives the eye something to move around to and not just look over, right? So if I walk in a room and everything's the same height, I basically just sort of look over it. 
Now, again, you can do some of the tricks that we'll do if you have existing pieces. And again, it's not in the budget. One trick is the lamps. Another is color. So let's say your scheme is mainly neutrals in whatever color family you'd like. Let's choose gray for this example. Okay. And your accent pillows are all creams and whites. Okay. So again, it's a little static. There's nothing wrong with that, but a little pop of color. Let's say your favorite color is raspberry. Okay. Bring in some raspberry throw pillows on the two chairs and all of a sudden your eye is something to go to. Now, you don't want it only going to those throw pillows. So you put two on the lounge chairs. Now you need something on the sofa, right? You need something to tie it all together. You need something with a little bit of raspberry and also then bring in the grays and creams. So see what I mean? You need to have this sort of textural layering look to it to give a room less static qualities and more rhythm for your eye and your experience. You won't even understand or appreciate that there is rhythm in a room, but what happens is you walk into a room and you find it more interesting. So you may not be able to put your finger on the fact that it's because you have taller lamps on the side, chest of drawers, and you have some pretty cool patterned, bright colored throw pillows in the center. And again, here's where your curtains come in. They also give rooms rhythm, right? Because they will no doubt be taller than any furniture you're going to buy. So you won't necessarily be able to put it into words. Well, of course you will now because you're going to be an expert having listened to all of this. But when you walk into another room, your friend's room, your parents' room, you may say to yourself, this is pretty interesting. And now you start looking around. Why is this interesting? Well, there's stuff for me to do. There's stuff for my eye to appreciate and take in. It's not this static space that doesn't have much interest in it. So I dare you to try that. I think you will find, even if you think there is some rhythm in your room, add a little more. Take a few pieces of the more neutral pieces out, put something in that's got a little zip or excitement to it. And you know, throw pillows are so accessible now and, and every price point, there's really no excuse that you can't try something like that. In addition to trying lamps and things, and again, they're at all price points and super accessible, I would definitely love to see you guys try that for yourselves and see what kind of difference it makes in your space. So to recap, so if anyone wants to know the areas that can be improved, remember, we don't like the words mistakes because also nothing in my world, nothing in decorating is permanent. Anything can be fixed, right? Okay, your curtains are too wimpy. Okay, remake them. No harm, no foul. Now, of course, there's going to be a cost involved, but it's not hard and fast forever. And I want people to appreciate that. It's, it's something that can be fixed. And designers, we, we joke with each other, like nothing we do can't be fixed. And we really want people to appreciate it. It's nothing is forever in our business. Now, in my construction end of my work, that's a different story. But as far as decorating, nothing is forever. You can always replace or alter or upgrade or even move out of the room, anything that's in there now. So, okay, so here we go. The things that you can improve on your own are the window treatments, the skinny, wimpy curtains. Follow the steps I outlined, and I promise you, you will be so much happier in the end with those results. Now, if you are in the no curtain camp, great. 
There is no right or wrong. I have clients who say absolutely no curtains. I have clients who say, who basically start the room with the curtains. And I have clients in between. They like shades, right? They don't want the full curtains. They don't want the full exposure. So they find it in the middle. Whatever makes you happy on your windows. But if you're going to go curtains, I really want you to go back and listen to what I just said in the beginning as far as the steps and the details to be focused on. Okay, second is art. No more naked walls. Naked bare walls, no good. I want you to fill them with things that you love, things that you find interesting. Doesn't have to be all the same medium. Go online, buy inexpensive pieces, mix it with more expensive pieces, mix it with family photos, whatever makes you happy and smile because this is your home. That's how you should feel when you're in your home, right? You should feel happy. You should want to smile in your own home. So those are two of the three. And then the last little bit more effort probably and a little more time has to be given to fixing if you have a static room, meaning your furniture is all one level. There's not much interest going on. And there's nothing really for your brain to chew on. You walk in, you think, eh, it's fine. You want someone to walk in and go, this is pretty interesting space. And again, they're not going to break it down. They're not going to say, well, I think this is an interesting space because she used taller lamps on the chest of drawers against that wall. Trust me, no one's going to do that. Or at least I've never heard anyone be able to dissect a room like that. But those are the tricks that I use, other professionals use. Uh, if you're an HGTVer, God bless you, but that's what they do on those shows as well. And you, you can now look for that. They may not even put it into words what they're doing, but you'll start noticing that the rooms have highs and lows, different levels, different things for the eye to look at and the brain to chew on. It's really, it's not a difficult trick. It's just one you need to know about. So you now know those three areas that you can improve upon and take all the steps of on your own to make your room more interesting, more dynamic, more reflective of you and your style. I promise you will be so happy with the results. If you have any further questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to listen to what's going on and see how I can help make your home more reflective of you and a space that you want to be in. So thanks again for joining me. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.